As an American, there is no greater privilege and responsibility than choosing who will represent you and your family to determine the course of history, your lives, the economy, your health, your safety. On November 3rd, please choose to vote. To vote early or if you need an absentee or mail-in ballot, please visit vote.org. Your future self thanks you. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. We are the board. We will add your technological decisions to our own. You will listen to podcasts. You will listen to this one. This is season two. There is a new co-host. You will adapt. Resistance is futile. This is Finding People Talking. Hey everybody, it's Chris Schember here, chief question asker of 747, and I would rather be dumping melted Sour Patch Kids and anything sour sprees possible on a bowl of pasta, throwing it in a fanny pack, and lighting it on fire than listen to funny people talking. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. And in the spirit of this particular episode, I would like to thank you for joining us. And uh, very <laughs> just a moment, that will become quite clear. That's why I have said that. We are so happy that you're here. I am Mark Rako, one of your hosts, and with me, of course, of course, Dresdenangel, Dresden. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so grateful to be here. Almost like a first Thanksgiving of the fall. Good teaser. More yeah. teasing. Yeah, now I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry. Also with us, of course, is our producer, Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. Hi. I don't know. All these shows, she still cracks me up every time she says, I don't know Trip to fame from all the turkey. She's a little tired. That's right. Elsie, speaking of Thanksgiving, I know you've been on the hunt for something lately and have not yet located it, which is very unusual for you. Yeah. What is it you, do you want to spill the beans or should it be a surprise if you find it? I'll talk about it, but I won't say what it is. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So there's a special food that I'm trying to get for yummy yuck or for end of show food, depending on where we are in November. But um, I tried it from the source and I tried it from the supposed vendor that's exclusive. And they both tell me to talk to each other saying <laughs> I, I have no control. So. so I wrote first to the maker and they said, oh, order it from the vendor. So then I went to the vendor and they said, we have no control over that. You have to talk to the maker. So then I wrote to the maker and they said, well, order it from the vendor. And I said, did you not read my last email? I said, I already did that. So then I said, well, I guess since you don't want to help and they don't want to help and no one wants to sell it, then um, instead of buying it for 17 times as much on eBay, which is what's happening, I'll just go on social media and talk to everybody and see what they can do and tell them how you guys can. And then I got an email back saying we're escalating it to corporate. So there you go. So don't mess with the LC. Yes, threaten them uh, to expose them on social media, and it's amazing what happens. Well, I will not spill the beans. I happen to know what this is, and if she finds it, it's pretty spectacular. So uh, I am very hopeful. Uh, anyway, also joining us, I feel enough time has elapsed. We better not let any more go by without saying hello to him. He's actually recording outside. You may hear the background of the outside, which is totally fine and pretty cool. His name is Chris Shembra. First of all, 
Welcome to the show, Chris. Chris. Thanks for having me, Mark. This is great. Yeah, man. So uh, Chris, I happen to know Chris, and he is literally the most sought-after dinner host, or or one at least, of the most sought-after dinner hosts in the world. The idea that actually saved his life has become a mission and now a scalable company. Forbes has just ranked his book as the number two book of 2020 to create human connection. And USA Today calls him the, quote, gratitude guru, which is certainly something very, very important to Mm. do these days in particular. And I should mention that uh, he and his company have been conducting or his team have been conducting a multi-year long study on how gratitude improves well-being, promotes pro-social behavior, and is ultimately great for building further business relationships. And it's all centered around a singular question. If you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? I'm so, I've never gotten this much focused time with you, Chris. I've had an opportunity to be a part of some of the events you put on, which I, I, I forgive the pun, but I'm very grateful for that opportunity. But I haven't got this much quality time with Chris Schember. I'm very excited. So welcome to the show. We're going to have a lot of fun, but we're also going to talk about some pretty cool stuff. Thanks for having me, Mark. I love that Eddie Money has joined us tonight yeah. on <laughs> Dresden's side. <laughs> That's right. Eddie Money poster behind Dresden in her office. (laughs) That's right. Giant first record album. That's right. I like that. So uh, we are going to, of course, talk to Chris uh, in depth, but we're also going to have a quick round of Yum or Yuck with Elsie. She's got a pretty cool food picked out today. Maybe we'll put Dresden on the spot for another Dresden moment if she can conjure one. Uh, We'll see if that happens. And, of course, an improv game. And I'm going to pull one out of the, the vault that I don't think Dresden's ever played. That's a lot of fun, and I think it's very appropriate for Chris. We'll do all that coming up. But first, very quickly, a question for you, Dresden. Oh, boy. As per usual, I noticed a a kind of interesting amount of glitter. (laughs) Evidence of a lot. I think there may have even been more before, but there's there's a very substantial amount of glitter debris on you and and uh, of all on me on you yeah hair your skin and, and 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 it feels like there's a story behind that that maybe it's over now but there's still a lot of evidence remaining i just just curious if there's, there's anything there by the way this is the every show every show we do we break a cardinal rule of improv which is basically you don't put anyone on the spot like this and just go every show yeah you're a hunchback go you know you're <laughs> So, but it's real. It's all real. It is real. Now, if this was 4 a.m., I would have a really cool clubbing story <laughs> okay. with the glitter. But since it's not, I just have to report on my unicorn searching adventures. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. And the glitter is, is you know, some kind of insight into the fact that I was somewhat successful <laughs> in finding my <laughs> unicorn in the... Woods, Chris, got anything for me? Chris, help me. Chris, throw me a safe word. <laughs> the safe word for this episode is... I mean, if unicorns yeah. are your savior, you're already way too late. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the glitter is I decided to bathe myself in gratitude, but I needed reminders all day long. And so I picked glitter because we all know you can't wash the stuff off. 
So I may have failed my first time you ever threw it at me, but you know, oh, that's okay. I'll make up for it. I got, I got an hour to make up I, for I it. I like it. You know, I, I, I actually had a suspicion that maybe the unicorn had some sort of defense mechanism that we didn't really know about. Well, yeah, I haven't really equated unicorn to glitter. So I leave that to everyone's imagination. Aha, uh-huh, I see that. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Yes. Uh... <laughs> it is It is Burning Man week. Yes, yeah, true. See, see. All right. Well, I guess this would be a great moment so we can get going here. Drez, why don't you tell me to start the show, would you? Mark, so please throw glitter all over your hot self and start the show. Okay. <laughs> From the Mouth Media Network studios in New York City, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rago, Dresden Engel, and Elsie. All right, everybody, we are here. Funny people talking. Our guest is the gratitude guru himself, Mr. Chris Shambra. More with him later as we go. But first, a quick, quick piece of housekeeping, as we should. Our salute, our testimonial, if you will, to Tina Fey as we pray to the comedy gods for the hope that someday, somehow, some way, she will have something, even small, to do with the show. We pray to the comedy gods. I will lead it off. Chris, no pressure, honestly. You're welcome to join in if the spirit moves you. If not, that's fine. I'll lead it off. Oh, Tina Fey, please. Comedy gods, bring, deliver Tina Fey our way. Tina, I was thinking... Okay, nothing more needs to be said. I feel that Chris has covered it. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Very, very nice. I went Arab there. I I wasn't sure what that was, but a little shakalaka. And it was so funny. I got an email today that said, Will you join me and my friend tonight? And it was Amy Poehler. And it was only trying to get money from me for the Biden campaign. But I was thought, Mark, they finally it's like, no, were it's coming just, to it's, answer. It's, it's, it's so just, close. You don't know. Like, you don't know how these things work. You, the universe the universe is just – This is. you know how like somebody, when you start a new billing with them, they charge a penny to your account to see if it goes through first? So this was basically the universe doing that with us about Tina Fey. Hmm. With glitter. With, gl- with well, glitter. Well, with Amy Poehler, really. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Elsie, why don't we lead off uh, this segment with a little yum or yuck? And quickly, Chris, the way that this works, when we're in person, we have an end of show food that glitter, uh, glitter. Elsie, I'm going to call you glitter from now on. That Elsie, look what you started, Dresden. That Elsie uh, searches the world for, finds amazing and interesting snacks or foods. We taste them, and then we rate them on a scale of chickens. Yes, I know. But given quarantine, COVID, social distancing, there's a new segment on the show called Yum or Yuck, which basically Elsie just does it herself, and we watch and listen. So, Elsie, what interesting or unusual food do you have for Yum or yuck. She loves bacon, she's cantankerous, and her cat's in a jazz band. She's the producer, it's Elsie. So today I have field trip. 
Brooklyn style, everything all natural beef jerky. Wait, what? Huh. What does what does that mean? They put everything on it like a bagel, like an everything bagel. See, there's a bagel. Oh, that's great because didn't on the show everything. Oh, oh man, I know they they sell the spice in Trader Joe's, yeah. and I thought that was going too far, but this. Oh man! Why well, yeah. I love this because so, on the show we had uh, didn't we have everything cream cheese? Yeah, and it tasted like yeah. a, the, back when we were still in the studio. I think so. This is exciting. So it so, was uh, the cheese snacks. Yeah. So yeah, it's got two servings supposedly, but it's two ounces, which feels like it's pretty decent. Gluten free, no preservatives, no added MSG, no nitrites, high protein, mm. and it has a twenty percent of your iron for the day. So I'm good wow. with that. A hundred percent of sodium. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's yeah. see the sodium. Sodium. <laughs> oh yeah. It's only um, four hundred and sixty milligrams. <laughs> just, just a little. Hey, Elsie, uh, can you just back off of the mic slightly from where you've been going? No. Stop. <laughs> Thank All right. you. All right. So I'm gonna open this. Ooh, it smells good. Mm. It smells All really right, good. good. All right. So I'm gonna show you a piece. Oh wow. Looks good. Does it look like it has stuff all over? Oh yeah, it does. It looks like it's like there's flat turkey. If you can imagine a bagel that has everything on it with all the salt and the sesame seeds and yeah. the poppy seeds and everything like that and the garlic or whatever, it's like they just did that on a piece of big big old beef jerky. Yeah. But this and is by the, the way, Net, I'm being stalked by none of your business right now. Oh, her cat none of your business, Chris, is uh Yeah. Mark, wasn't that your nickname in college? Big old beef jerky. <laughs> Well, well. I'm sorry. Back to Elf. Back to it certainly Elf. was old, old beef jerky. Hey, uh, Elsie. What? By the way, how is none of your business? I'll tell you a story about that after I eat this. Okay. Because I, I want to eat this. Okay. So, um, ready and one, two, three, go. <laughs> no snap. There's no snap. There was a pull. Ah. Um, almost like a. Took uh, a big bite. Like a licorice at the movies. It's good. Yeah. How's the quality no. of the beef jerky itself? It's good. It's um kind of soft, chewy. It's not like super, super dried out. Gotcha. Not as peppery as I thought. Are you saying that with disappointment? No, it's, I'm just commenting. So, it's good. Oh, okay. so this is not as much like everything it. as it is some things. No, it's good. It's good. Does it remind me of an everything bagel? No. <laughs> just just uh, some, some things. Bagel. It's a some things jerky. Yeah. That's right. So I'm going to give it. Um, Which was my name in high school, um, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to give it 60. Uh-huh. Stop talking. I'm going to give this one um, 62 out of 72 chickens. That's a fairly high mark. Good. What's the deductions for? Just didn't taste enough like an everything bagel? It doesn't remind me of an everything bagel at all, but it tastes really good. All right. So if you're going for the everything bagel and if like if it was a blind test, you'd go, no. But it's very good. I would buy it again, but just not for that. All right. All right. So that's, now I'll tell you my story. So that's a yum. So, um, that's a yum. Yeah, it's a yum. So you know how you um, sent me those flaming Hot Lay's kettle chips that you're so obsessed with? Yes. Yes. My wife bought me a whole bunch of them, and I, I eat them with peanut butter and, and jelly sandwiches, and I put the hot potato chips on it. It's a dream. Go ahead. You put them in the sandwich? I do. So anyway, I oh. sent you a bunch. I sent you a package of them. Yeah. So you sent me a bag. So I hear this noise and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm looking around and uh, none of your business actually ripped it open and was eating them. But it was hot, right? Ooh. Yeah. Poor kitty. No, cat loved them. Cat I had to take them away. I had to take them away. Flaming litter box, but cat loved them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh.
Oh, Elsie with the win. Elsie with the win there. All right. Thank you so much, Elsie. I'm sorry to hear about none of your business, but, you know. Elsie's still eating. Enjoy, Elsie. You just enjoy that snack. Yeah. Hey, you know. All right. Let's move on. Now, Chris, I got to tell you, Dresden, through her many adventures as a publicist and and the other things that she's done in comedy and so forth, she's had quite a few interactions with the celebrity type of person and she seems to have no end to those stories so we kind of test test the universe there and see how often she can come up with one out of the blue and now it's time for dresden moments so uh uh, did you did you happen to have a i i have one as the airplane is landing in chris's backyard is the airplane going over your head right now chris Pretty much. That was awesome. <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, what what of my many encounters was I grateful for? Sure, I'm grateful when I meet. I love that nice are, tie-in, by the way. I like. That. I know I'm so smooth, but I'm I'm grateful when I meet anybody, anybody, celebrity or Joe Schmo, who is just kind and fabulous and wonderful. So I'm grateful for all my experiences. And when they are a celebrity who lives up to maybe your hype of, you know, idolizing them, if you will, wow, that's cool, creative energy. But sometimes I'm just grateful when a publicity related thing works out. Here's a story. So I'm doing publicity for a film festival. Media is all gathered in a large theater and we're about to announce the recipients for upcoming film festival the month later who will be receiving the awards that are given by this film festival one of the awards is named in honor of susan b anthony many big names have gotten this award over the years and you know rita moreno and the actress who played jackie brown some folks that we admire throughout the years of in the film world So this particular director is going to be getting the award and I get a phone call double teamed from her LA publicist and her New York publicist. And they're like, you are not allowed to announce that she's getting the award. And I'm like, but the press conference starts in one minute. And they said, you cannot announce the award. And I said, why? They're like, don't you know what happened last night? And I'm like, yes, I know what happened. And they said, and you're going to announce she got the award. And I said, yes. And they said, can you just replay in your head what the name of the award is? The director getting the award was Julie Taymor, who is known for film, but mostly Broadway, right? The amazing puppeteer behind Lion King. She also was directing Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. The night prior to this press conference, Bono and the Edge had fired her as the director. Mm -hmm. Would you like to know what the name of the Susan B. Anthony Award was? Failure is impossible. (laughs) So I was about to get up there and announce to the national media that she was getting the Failure is Impossible Award hours after she was fired from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark by the YouTube Boys. So I had to go and beg the media who had already heard whispers, you know, Tamar, Tamar, Tamar. Enough said. The point is I was very grateful that I was able to get them to hold the story because I was told if you don't hold the story until some time passes, Julie will not be at your film festival. Fast forward, Julie came. She was amazing. She was wonderful. All relationships were good. Everybody was happy. But of all times to be getting the failure, 
is impossible oh. award because guess what it was possible and see and see you know i can only imagine the press scrum how they were going like i don't know i got 10 bucks they they announce it 10 bucks they don't you know they're... so yeah one of the reporters from the usa today network he had to make a few he got comment he threw in the word spider like he did enough just to mess with me but he still held held his uh, agreement that he held the story all right. Thank you very much for that Dresden moment. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's an improv game. And then all about Chris right all after about Chris. this. Don't ever forget. We're the ones who knock. This is Funny People Talking. Improvisational comedy game. Alright, everybody, we are back and it is time for our improv game. I've chosen an improv game that we made up called the Emotional Press Conference. <laughs> I swear to God. You really already had that plan? I already had that plan. <laughs> I could Kiss not. Man. I could not. You know what's funny? I didn't even think about that while you were telling that story Freaking awesome. until I was Freaking I awesome. came out of my mouth and I go, oh, that's so funny. I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. the idea of the the emotional press conference, Chris and, and Dresden <laughs> and, and Elsie, Elsie's played it before, is basically uh, someone is the person doing the press conference and then the other people are the reporters and we are asking that person questions. But the key is that whatever question you ask, you then tell the person who's giving the press conference what kind of emotion they are going to be delivering their answer with, and then they have to do it within the context of that emotion. And the reason that I thought this tied in, oh, ever so loosely to our guest Chris here is that the dinners that that Chris founded are quite known by the participants to bring out some pretty raw emotion quite commonly that are often results in some transformation. So I thought that that was a, a loose tie in there, but also a fun, fun game. So the way that we'll start is I'll demonstrate a little bit as giving the press conference, not that you can't understand the concept, but it's only fair that I take the heat first. So we'll do this twice just because we don't have time to do everyone in a full round. But uh, what I love from you, Chris, is the topic of the press conference. It can be literally anything big or small. It could be Timmy fell down a well. It could be peace in the Middle East, aliens, you know, whatever you want. And my job is to field the questions from each of you as you vie for my attention as reporters. And then at some point, it'll, I'll just call that the press conference is over. Don't forget, when you give me a question, give me any emotion to go with. So, uh, all right, everybody, thank you so much. Oh, I'm sorry, I need the topic. <laughs> ASMR host <laughs> finds microphone in intestines. Okay, got it. Thank uh. you. All right, everybody, uh, thank you so much for gathering here. I so appreciate you being on time. That's often a problem. But uh, as many of you know, uh, our our host, Pearlie Smith, who does an ASMR show, did trip and fall 
somehow ingest the microphone and which was still broadcasting and it ended up in her intestines. So she is receiving medical care now, but ironically, this turned out to be our highest rated show ever as it was broadcasting live as she swallowed it, which apparently delivered content that everybody had been waiting for. So uh, we don't know exactly her condition, but I'm willing to take your questions. Whoever has one, you in the back. Yeah. <laughs> is there is is there is there video proof to know that it actually went in through the mouth? I, I would answer the question if I knew what emotion to do it with. Giddiness. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so happy you asked this question. Yes. Weirdly, we, this was the very first one we were videotaping, and we had attached the, a little video thing to the microphone, and it went down. And that's going to be <laughs> bonus material. We are going to make millions. Excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. Yes. Um, would you be able to tell me, um, maybe acting extremely stressed out and fraught, if we think we're going to be able to retrieve the microphone without harming said woman? I cannot tell you how much trouble this has been because number one, that was our only freaking microphone. And I don't really know how we're going to record any other shows if they do not get it out. I have a question. Um, I can't do even you think that you'll have the, the time to just wait for it to come out in her next bowel movement? <laughs> and um, I'd like you to do that tragically, like really death defyingly sad. <laughs> I cannot tell you. This is so embarrassing for everybody. She's embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I cannot imagine you're not embarrassed. We are not going to talk about bowel movements, but I am so hopeful because, again, our only microphone. One more question, and then I have to call it. It's actually a part two of my original question. So um, if that is actually extricated, will the microphone still be usable, or how are you going to go about cleaning that? And um, it's terrifying. I, I don't think I can talk about it. it the, the idea of, of having to clean that microphone frightens me like you have no idea because, I mean, I also have a podcast and I use that microphone. <laughs> and it is the opposite of ASMR. <laughs> it's, it, it's a licking show. No more questions. Press conference over. Goodbye. Okay. I was wondering what it's. I was wondering what the opposite of ASMR is. I don't know. I guess we're quiet, but I realized that I I just had to draw the circle there. All right. So anyway, that's emotional press conference. It's a licking show. So Chris, I'm going to give you the choice. Honestly, would you like to give the press conference or would you prefer to be a reporter? It's totally your call. (laughs) I I want to (laughs) watch. Elsie. Okay. Or I want to watch Elsie do the press conference. Okay, there you go. Done. Done. Yeah. So, all right. So, Elsie, you're going to be uh, uh, the uh, deliverer of the press conference. Dresden, it'd be so great if you had a topic for Elsie. I, okay. Um, I have just learned um, that for this press conference that Lady Gaga is changing her name officially to Lady Haha. <laughs> and. And we need to find out why. <laughs> and and do we give an emotion off the top? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Well, and and yeah, sure. when you tell us this, I would like you to be um, rather rather concerned at first about this change. All right. Um, so uh, this is Elsie uh, reporting for uh, WKFU. And um, I am here to report that uh, Lady Gaga, there's rumor that she's um, going to be going by Lady Haha, which, you know, I th- I- I'm kind of bothered by this because, I mean, she's known. How are you going to undo this? And like, what should you just do? Go through the alphabet? Gaga, ha, ha. Next is Ya, Ya. Well, ex- excuse me. Excuse me. What's Do you think it could have anything to do with humor, maybe she wants to instill humor. Could you tell us the answer to that? Possibly laughingly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, ha, ha, like, who's the joke on? Who's the joke on? I mean, all the, <laughs> you know, she's a ha ha. Yeah, that's funny. Um, marketing and all the branding and doing it all over again. And what she, who, ha ha to who? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't It's It's funny in and of itself. Elsie, Elsie, I have a question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how yeah. how will Lady Haha's costuming change uh, given her, her <laughs> new approach to her identity? And uh, I'd like you to answer as if you were uh, on a first date. <laughs> well, you know... When I saw her walk through the room, when we were discovering that this was going to be, you know, her new identity, <laughs> well, I had to say to her, ha ha to who, baby, you know, so okay. I just was asking, so, you know, but. And that- <laughs> this is this is a public newscast, family friendly, so. All right, so we've all lived oh, that uh, moment together, so. Yeah. yeah. And seen. Um, Elsie, can, can I ask a question? Why did first date suddenly become seduction in your voice? Well, why waste time? <laughs> what are you doing next Thursday? <laughs> well, give her, so, give um, her an emotion, <laughs> emotion there, Chris. Can I give it to her next Thursday instead? <laughs> <laughs> and seen. And seen. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Elsie. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dresden. That was lots of fun. fun. I could play that all day. That's a great game. Quick break, and then uh, all about Chris right after this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. All right, Chris Shembra, the gratitude guru. All right, uh, I'd like to lead off quickly by saying that I got to know Chris through someone to whom I have a lot of gratitude, and that's uh, our mutual friend, Michael Roderick, uh, who's Ah. who's been a, a, a big source of where I am today because of him. And basically, Chris, uh, I'm gonna let him tell this, but, uh, he holds these dinners as part of what he does, but the dinners 
and the concept behind it uh, came from a moment in which his life went through a, such a major transformation. And the question that I would like to ask you, which may lead you to give us some insight, I'm trying to avoid this just being you telling the same story that you always mm -hmm. tell. So that it is also a new experience for you, us doing this, maybe get to some places you don't always go. But I think it's also important to have a little bit of context as, as to catch everybody up with the story that you, so if you're able to sort of basically answer the question, which, yeah. which is from where that started to where you are now, how do you think you personally have transformed? Because the dinners are very, an experience and what you've turned your company into that's come out of all this is is greatly involves the transformation of people but how have you personally transformed from the moment that this first became a, a gleam in your eye to its extraordinary place it is now and the dreams that you have going forward what is that difference that sum my waistline has grown four sizes <laughs> dedicating my life to pasta sauce okay i, I probably should have picked salad or a smoothie to dedicate the rest of my life to, but uh, nonetheless, it has. Now, I think, you know, it, five years ago, we started hosting dinners when we found ourselves lonely, unfulfilled, disconnected, insecure. And in that darkness, as you mentioned, we found pasta sauce. And we've used that pasta sauce to spark over 500,000 relationships in the last five years. So how does a man grow? Well, I would say that I've learned that I'll never cure myself of my isms. And I think that's the funniest thing is that is to accept the fact that you may do all the world's work and have all the impact and feel all the praise and accolades, but you'll never actually fully heal. Hmm. And the minute you realize that, and accept that, you can open up your heart to possibilities. And I think that's been the greatest thing to learn it, through this journey is the acceptance of my fragility. Was there a particular moment that that dawned on you? I, it may have been a process to get to that point, but do you recall a moment which you actually said, wait a minute, there's this thing? I mean, you know, I've got all this stuff on the resume, the the suicide, the depression, the jail, the rehab. So I always known that I have a, a great proclivity to want to run from life's cold, hard truths. But now that I think about it, it's probably 2 a.m. on a Monday in February of 2016 when I woke up in my bed, bawling my eyes out, realizing for the first time in my life, I was starting to feel a little bit of joy. My greatest insecurity growing up is that I'm always the last one called to the party. That usually happens to funny people or or connectors or popular people is that people all of, all of a sudden just assume you're being taken care of by the other groups. So why call you? Uh, you know, my invite was always somehow lost in the mail. And originally, early on in the dinners, I sought to cure that. And then one day I realized that it didn't need cured because if you took away the most unique and vulnerable part about myself, you wouldn't have much to connect over. And it must have been that early Monday morning. So can we just uh, give some context here? These dinners that you mentioned and you use the word we. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to toil in the specifics of what led to all this so much, but what does hosting dinners mean? What did it mean back then? And what does it mean now in terms of its actual context? I think it means the same thing throughout time, which is that I'm not here to be the hero. I'm here to be a guide. I'm here to be a collector of people's stories, just like the four of us on this call, right? We're all collectors of stories, whether it's in PR or podcasting or pasta sauce. The dinner table happened to be an ancient technology that I could disrupt and bring into modern times. So while the whole world was going digital, I could focus in on doing the opposite. So the dinner table happened to be a tool for disruption or dissidence, whichever word you you like better, dissidence or disruption. And being able to have an impact on people using the dinner table and being have a, a scalable impact on hundreds of thousands and soon to be millions of people, that's a, a great sense of pride and growth and scale. You know, I, I started off as a commercial boat captain in a little island in South Carolina, impacting a few people at a time. And then to be able to grow into my 20s to impact dozens of people at a time and then to go into the 30s, impacting tens of thousands of people at a time. That's just it's something to mark success off of. Success to me isn't defined by what we get in return for our services. Success is defined by the amount of lives we're able to impact. And the dinner table happens to be that quantifiable metric for that definition of success. So, Chris, just to clarify this, you actually started saying, I want to bring people together. And if I'm not going to get invited to their party, I'm going to put on my own damn party Yeah, and bring people together. And then you started to uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not so much telling as asking. And then you started to see the dynamics that was happening as you put pe- these uh, random maybe people knew each other, maybe they didn't together at a table and the way that sharing with each other could begin to open up an opportunity for growth yeah. and sharing. And, and then you said, oh, wait a minute, let me put my back into this a little bit and let me start to structure this so that it, it has an output that can come out of this. And then you continue to mold that over time until you said, okay, now we know what we're looking for. What can we do with this? Because this is a, so powerful. How do we harness this into a larger thing? Yeah. And then ultimately you made it so it was such a regular thing called 747 because it happens at 7.47 p.m. on the nights that it happened. And where did that come from, by the way? So at the very first dinner on July 15, 2015, arrivals were at 6.30 p.m. sharp. The cost of admission at the time was to bring a bottle of wine, and I wanted dinner served at 8. So at 7.47 p.m., we put the pasta in the pot, and delegated 11 specific tasks to empower the attendees to actually work together to create the meal. So we found that by the time we sat down for dinner, if you did a little foreplay, we'd all have a more pleasurable, orgasmic experience. And later in the evening, you know, after dinner and after dessert, we'd ask that simple gratitude question around the dinner table. And we found that if you spent so long 
creating the safe space for connection, then when he asked this difficult question, this gratitude question that you mentioned earlier, the people would blossom and come alive. And if less than six people cried at those original dinners, we considered it a failed night. Whoa. Can you pose the question to us? Yeah. Dresden, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? And we found that by asking that question, which in other circumstances, I'd sit here for 10 minutes and let you answer it. But we found that by asking that question, you created a posture of otherness around the dinner table, right? We think along the lines of what Descartes put on us, the I think, therefore I am Mm -hmm. kind of philosophy. And if you can ask people not what their biggest fear or their biggest failure is, but you can ask them to tell a story about others, a bunch of great stuff happens. And that's the power of gratitude, right? Gratitude, we've proved out and science has proved out that it has the ability to create some pretty meaningful shit. Right. If you ask that gratitude question and someone pulls some positive autobiographical memory from their past and tells a story about how their third grade teacher helped them out with such and such and how they devote their life to that subject, them re-talking about that positive autobiographical memories helps actually develop the positive affect in the brain needed to relive that memory, that emotion again. When you bring forth a negative autobiographical memory, like people will talk about their their dads touching them, their dogs dying, the ex-girlfriend that made them realize they were gay. When you use gratitude to process an unpleasant memory, just talking it out destigmatizes the impact of that negative emotion on you and allows you to close the door on that memory and move on with your life. Not just thinking about it, because then that shit just ruminates chaotically in your head. The minute you talk it out or write it down, it actually becomes an organized and coherent thought that you can learn from to then throw aside and move forward. Wow. I, 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 science and emotion and psychology, and I'm, I'm in all the fields right now. I'm very, very fortunate. And I, I know both Mark and Elsie. Yes, even Elsie has been told this before. You know, they say people will forget what you say, but they will Mm -hmm. never forget how you made them (laughs) feel. And the biggest compliment I get in my life is people tell me that after they've spoken with me, they feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's like the biggest compliment in the world. So I I tend to think about others. Empathy. I'm going to talk to you about. I took some notes from one of your TED Talks. I got things to ask you about. But I was Full on, you know, one time saying with my husband of 20 years, I was like, put myself through college, put myself through grad school, did everything myself, blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, I did. And he's like, you stop and you think about all those managers, friends, bosses who helped you along the way. The very next day I walked in and I thanked my boss at a museum where I worked, the George Eastman Museum. And I said, thank you. You've given me opportunities. You've sent me to Europe three times. You've sent me to conferences where I've seen the country. I'm a small town girl. I never had those opportunities. And I have never thought of the world the same again since that conversation. And it sounds like you're helping people do that, even just with one story, with one person. Mm -hmm. So is that my eureka moment, kind of a eureka moment that some of your folks have had? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what you're living for is exactly the point of living is to acknowledge that we've received help from others. 
Because when you acknowledge that you aren't a self-made person, that you've yeah. received a lot of help from others, right, right, right. You can act, that humility creates connection. That humility invites people to want to be around you. Oh, like nobody that. wants Nobody wants to be around people that pound their chest with bravado and ego. People with humility, they don't think less of themselves. They just think about themselves less. Uh, and that's what creates connection. I love that. Okay, so in one of your TED Talks, you had said empathy, empathy, the power of empathy and how it can, mm -hmm. you know, uh, heal broken relationships. But you also said empathy is not compassion. You don't mm -hmm. look within, but you look around at others. Mm -hmm. Can you just, I love how you talk about empathy. Do you mind just shedding a little light there? Yeah, you know, empathy is the art of imaginatively stepping into the shoes of another person to understand their feelings and perspectives and then doing something about it, right? Using that knowledge to guide your actions. Empathy is taking in information around you. It's watching a movie. It's reading a book. It's listening to a sermon. It's listening to someone talk about their issues. And when you can empathize with someone and learn where they're coming from, you can learn how to adjust to meet them where they are. Mm. I happen to play in the business world. And what's needed is that if you're selling shit to someone, don't sell them shit that you think they need, mm -hmm. sell them shit that they're telling you they need. And the world will be a better place. It'll have less shit, less <laughs> unneeded shit in it. And, it. and that can scale across all types of different lives. But yeah, empathy is proven, I mean, just in a business context, because that happens to be my world, it's directly tied to financial performance, right? Empathy is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. You don't make a lot of money in life or unlimited potential in life based on what you know or how, how smart you were born. That doesn't mean shit. The only true testament to earning potential is how emotionally your ability to lead a team Right. Your ability to say, I'm not the smartest person and I'm not the best person at the product. <sighs> I have the humility to hire the best people for the job, even if they voted against you. That's empathy. That's humility. And gratitude helps you get there because gratitude gives you the tools to say, thank you for your contribution. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. empower you to run with that shit. Just bring it back to me for whatever kind of feedback or advice you need. I'm having a feeling that if we purchase your book, I'm going to mm -hmm. get some more of these feels. The title is Gratitude and Pasta, The Secret Sauce for Human Connection. So for those of you who are digging what Chris is saying, you can see a lot more of him online, but also via his book. Heck yeah. This is not a shilling Chris's book. This is us talking to you as our friends who are listening. This is an important thing that you can do for yourself and for others is to read this book. Yeah. It can change your life. So, Chris, speaking of, of growth and everything, so, you know, from putting these dinners on to scaling them larger, and then, frankly, given COVID, having to move mm -hmm. them from a physical situation into a, a digital environment, and then now uh, some of the things that anyone that's in your world has been seeing is is how you are taking the the research that you've done both in terms of gathering data from these dinners and paying attention to what's gone on and seeing what you can glean from that and doing it in a more and more purposeful way. And then saying, all right, we're ready to go to the next level. This is going to be a really scalable thing. We figured out what we can do with this that can make money, make people money and, 
and just amplify this in, in a huge mm -hmm. way, right? But one of the things you recently shared was a reflection from these hundreds of thousands of people that this has touched. You've asked some same questions throughout most of this, and it's all boiled down into sort of this central hub of knowledge about no matter what way you turn, there are just some very similar currents that people seem to find themselves in. Can, can you mm -hmm. talk about this a little bit and, and, and what it's not just meant reflecting back, but how that is driving part of what you're doing going forward? Mm -hmm. The Surgeon General of the United States put out a statistic a couple of years saying that 51% of the American workforce reports being lonely on a consistent basis. That's equivalent to the reduction of lifespan of smoking 15 cigarettes per day, seven years off your life. And what we've learned around the dinner table, and especially through COVID, because COVID has given us the opportunity because we brought our product virtually and able to reach so many more people, we've just been able to add a lot more data to what we do and what we found is that essentially, regardless of what people tell you, they essentially feel four things. Lonely, overwhelmed, anxious, nervous, insecure, bored. And gratitude is guaranteed to bring you into a more positive state of being. In the just the last 10,000 people we fed in the last two months through COVID, the change... On a scale of one to five, one being very negative, two being negative, neutral, positive, very positive, people go from a 2.65 to a 4.79 on average. Guaranteed, on average. In how much and time so, frame? In uh, 58 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's uh, I, the power I, I of gratitude. Uh, excuse me, Chris. I yeah. participated and I see this happen. I've experienced it myself. I, I understand. It's this um, is real. So, stuff. so to answer your question, like when we, when you talk about scale and you talk about what we've done in COVID and you talk about everything that we like, we built a great business before the world hasn't even seen nothing yet because we removed food and dove deeper into gratitude and mm. gratitude is the star going forward. Pasta sauce and me, were the stars of the past, right? We built a big name around me and pasta sauce. That's, that's bullshit. Going forward, it's all about gratitude. That's it. So real question then, because I get entirely what you're saying, and this isn't meant as a challenge. I just want to know, given what you yeah. just said, why are you coming out with a pasta sauce in October? Because that's what the clients crave. That's okay. empathy. Okay. Uh, be, be, yeah, you know what? Excellent. Because yes. the, our, cli Boom. our clients are Microsoft, Dell, Google, IBM, American Express, PWs, the biggest companies on the planet. They're saying, no, we don't just want to have a virtual experience. We want to buy your number two book of 2020, your excellent pasta sauce, which, by the way, many celebrities will tell you is their favorite pasta sauce in the entire world. So there's great brand IP around nostalgia. Great. Right. Innovation is just history repeating itself, looking different. Our pasta sauce will never not be what we do. It's just going to look different going forward. And there's tremendous revenue opportunities in the pasta sauce. I know that sounds silly, but no, uh, no, when we do a, a couple thousand person engagement with the company, and they buy 
couple thousand jars of pasta sauce, we can make tens of thousands of dollars without me lifting a finger. So the the end goal is to turn a service-based business into a product-based business, right? When you're in events, when you're in consulting, when you're in PR or advisory, Mm -hmm. the goal is monthly reoccurring revenue and turn your thought leadership into a product. That's about it. So if we can make millions of dollars a year doing sauce instead of service, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Well, then you can spend time. Look, these dinners that Chris and, and his team put on, I mean, the ones I attended weren't, quote, dinners, unquote, because I was doing it during COVID. They're just, they're rebranded to a, a, a 747 gratitude experience. Exactly. And and I'm not complaining. I'm saying, but what I was, what I was getting at, though, is up until that point, you were ser- literally serving people at your, your own expense. And yeah, and the gratis- I mean, not not at our not at our expense, uh, but my my body's expense. Like our clients would say, "Yeah, we want you in five cities yeah. this month, right? Lugging shit and cooking sauce and making people cry. That that puts a toll on a human body. Of course, it does. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but you're such a good storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> and making it's, people cry. Exactly. And 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 then now with the gratitude experience, you know, the people participating, and, and I don't know how this may change over time, and maybe it'll stay the same, but the people participating, Dresden and Elsie, they're not paying to participate. They're having the opportunity to do this, at least in the case that I, w- without an actual expense. The attendees will never pay. Right. That's up to the client. So our clients will bring thousands of their attendees across a dozens of experiences the attendees will never have to pay so my point in saying all this by the way was not so much to pull the curtain back but to say you know if you're able to make millions of dollars with sauce on top of everything else that you're doing Mm -hmm. it may enable you to make certain decisions in some cases about who you could bring this to that that may not involve them being a paying client the same way but you think it's important for that community to be served or whatever. Yeah, so. we have. I mean, the greatest thing that's happened in COVID is now we have an entire team of facilitators that facilitate these experiences. Amazing. Mark, you've only you've only come to like community dinners of our friends. Right. You've not come to like Google, you know, that kind of shit. But the more that we can serve those big boys that pay the big bucks, that pay the yep. million dollar a year kind of stuff, the more we can have our facilitators go and serve underprivileged inner city communities yeah. that couldn't have afforded our in-person services. That's what we're – I mean what we're excited about is like we're serving 1.3 million folks in the Navy and Air Force in November. Awesome. We would have never done that. That would have oh, cost – to bring 1.3 million people together, you could have never dreamed of. That would have spent. That would have made, been a billion dollars or something. I don't know, but to be able to serve that many people virtually, that you know, that's life changing shit. The whole goal is to decrease the suicide and depression rate amongst that group of people, and so I'm just grateful. Amazing, amazing. And on that exact note, in a weird way. I would be remiss if I didn't touch on one point, and that is tell us how you have observed the role of humor in the mm-hmm. gratitude process, mm-hmm. the way it has helped you succeed, maybe from a personal standpoint, but also wh- why humor is so embedded in the deliverance and acceptance of gratitude. You know, it's funny you ask, and we were even touching on it before the show. 
I used to tell the same joke at every experience, <laughs> whether I was giving a keynote to 5,000 people or I was serving 18 people in my home. I'd give the same joke, which was uh, this beautiful. I won't tell it here. You'll have to come to our dinners to, <laughs> oh, good to one, experience good one. it. Or hire us to bring us into your company. That's a whole other plug. Um, but no, it, we still host community dinners. And uh, anybody who's listening to this, if you want to come to a, a free community dinner to meet our community and to cry and all that shit, just email david at 747club.org. Don't email me. I will literally, I suck at that. Uh, but humor, we used to tell the same joke at every dinner. And we haven't told it. Since Thursday, March 12th, our last in-person client experience. But what we found is that the more self-deprecating, humor-filled stories you can share around the dinner table to answer that gratitude question, the more people will be disarmed to connect to that vulnerability. So I, I strategically insert humor and... Some pretty, uh, you know, uh, scintillating humor in between, <laughs> right? So you got the wine, the, the appetizers, the eating of the dinner. And then I tell a joke, very tasty, very unique, very, if you're wearing a, a, a white person's suit, you're probably going to be a, a little uncomfortable, but that's what we want because what follows that humor gratitude and i've just disarmed the fuck out of them and now they have permission to know you know it's like this this stuff we were saying to elsie about oh i'll i'll do her next thursday or the asmr porn that yeah. dresden was doing that's all just it's not we're not gonna do it it's just you might as well throw it out knowing that nothing's gonna shock you after you after you break through the wall. And that's what humor does. It gets you to the next dimension of comfortability. Nice. Nice. You know, what, once once Dave Chappelle makes a, an anti-white person joke or once Sasha Baron Cohen makes an anti-Semitic joke, then you know that any, anything goes. Actually, it's funny. The more anti-Semitic Sasha Baron Cohen is, the more Jewish roles he's offered. How funny is that? How great is that? He'll be the first to tell you. He'll be oh, the first to tell you. All right. This this is not only extraordinary, and I'm just reminded all over again how what you've done, Chris, and what's ahead is just beyond. It makes me think, mm -hmm. and I, I don't mean to be too dramatic here. It makes me think of Star Trek and the sort of utopian future that that hmm. fantasy built where there's no uh, racism, there's no, you know, everyone's just equal and understands each other. And it feels like that kind of acceptance and appreciation of everybody, it, it, it's like this is the kind of step that puts you one foot further down that path and starts nice. people thinking differently. So mm. I promise everybody, I really believe you have just heard about one hundredth of what this story is. And yeah. I don't mean just Chris's story, but what's involved here. So please reach out, become a part of this. You will feel better about yourself. You will learn something. You will grow. You will feel grateful. You will see transformation in front of you. And even if you don't receive 
advice from someone else, you may have the opportunity to give them something valuable. I know I've experienced that and that made it worth it all by itself. So anything that you want to plug right now, how people can connect with you? I know it's not email. I don't have anything to plug. The only thing I want to say is if you're listening to this and you agreed with anything we talked about, know that you're not alone. Know that the uniqueness, the vulnerabilities, the weirdness, the hate, the everything that is about you makes you uniquely you. And that's all right, because that's enough. And you shouldn't ever wish those things away. Step into them, lean into them, and use them as a tool for connection, because it's not how you connect with people when everybody's riding high. It's how you connect with people when you're going through the troughs. When you're going through the shitty parts of life that a lot of us are feeling right now. So if you're lonely, if you're hungry, if you're starving for connection, email David at 747club.org. We'll invite you as our guest to our dinner table. It'll be virtual, (laughs) Uh, but we'd love to have you. That's it. All right, Chris Shemra. Thank you, Chris. A fine. Bravo, bravo. I don't Thanks. know if you like hearing this or not, but a fine, fine, generous human being. And uh, I personally really appreciate you. And I appreciate you taking time to join us on this. Thank you. And by the way, behind the scenes showbiz stuff here, we were supposed to stop about 15 minutes ago. And Chris off mic said, I'll give you another few minutes and push off my meeting. And I'm grateful for that. That's the kind of guy he is. All right. I'm thank you very too. much, Chris. Uh, continue you, Chris. best luck. And may you may you help another million people. Woo! That had all the feels right there. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. That is, I, we, you know, this will be the episode we look back. We say we laughed. We cried. That is it for this episode, sadly, of Funny People Talking Everybody. But we are glad you were here to join it. I hope you got something out of it. And maybe you laughed. Maybe you cried. Maybe you thought of something you haven't thought of before. But we are grateful that you were with us for the ride. And we'll see you next time. Until then, for Elsie. Thanks. And my friend Dresden. Cheers. I'm Mark Rako. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Oh, and uh, stay funny. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, uh, boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at Funny People Talking or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.